everyone, and welcome to another episode of Traditionally Speaking. My name is Tom, and I'm joined this week with my friend Joe to talk about a new topic for Christmas, Christingles. <laughs> now, I've heard the term, and I even had to do some research on it, but I'll tell you, Christingles is not something you see in the U.S., certainly not in any great quantity, and I'll bet you most Americans have no idea what they are or what they're for, or what they symbolize. So why don't you go ahead and start and just give us the history and background and particularly what they mean in Scotland. Okay, well, the Christingle, I say it's a new topic, uh, an actual fact that's centuries old because the Christingle was introduced to Britain really through Moravian churches, generally before the World Wars, early 20th century. Um, but they have their origins all the way back in the 18th century uh, in Germany, because at that point, what happened was they would wrap a red ribbon around a candle and uh, use that as a symbol of um, Christ's light to the world at Christmas time. And uh, what's happened over the years is um, it's become more widely used in different denominations. And also, you know, they're used in, in without religious symbolism uh, in secular contexts as well. So basically what happened was um, the first Christingle went back to 1747 and it comes from actually the German term Christkindl, which means the little Christ child. Um, and it was something that was used by children um, in churches, which uh, at Christmas time to celebrate the Christmas story in a symbolic way. Now, are these... Are they like decorations you put in windows or what, what exactly do you do with these? Where do they show up? Well, what happens is, I mean, they're, they're traditionally used um, in sort of church Sunday schools and things like that. Uh, and there are various different elements to a Christingle. So the most visible one is uh, an orange and the orange represents the world. There is then a candle which is pushed into the center of that orange um, and that is used to represent Christ as being the light of the world. There's a red ribbon around the center of the orange, um, and that's sometimes a, a paper frill as well, and that is uh, always red, and that represents the blood of Christ. And then there'll be dried fruits or sweets that are skewered and pushed into the orange, which represents the fruit of the earth. Now, in more recent years, um, you tend to find that glow sticks are used rather than candles. And the reason for that is because obviously when they get hot, the wax melts and if uh, children are holding them, um, obviously it avoids them burning their fingers. Aha, uh -huh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So kind of like we used to put candles on Christmas trees, which is uh, not exactly a safe <laughs> feature to do. <laughs> yeah. The, the beauty of it is, um, you know, they can be used for all sorts of different purposes. They're often used by churches for decorations, um, many people have them in their homes. Um, sometimes they're sold by churches for charity, but not all churches do that because some believe that if you think that God's love is for everyone, you wouldn't sell it as a symbol, if you like. You know, you would give them away. So it depends on the church. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, when you say that, the, you know, they decorate, do they put them all over the place or is it just like one or two or how, how do they sh appear or show up? Well, sometimes you will find that churches will have them as part of their Advent services and the, the Sundays leading up to Christmas time. 
sometimes you will see them in individual church services if your church has sort of community services and things. In homes, they'll be used as Christmas decorations. And the other thing, of course, is that they're often personalised because um, you have these sweets in them, which are obviously meant to represent the, the fruits of the world. Um, they can take any different form. They can be marshmallows, dolly mixtures are, are quite popular over here as well. So they can licorice all sorts. They can all be used. So um, they're, they're often quite highly personalised you know, to the individual that put them together. It's almost like your your uh, Christmas crackers, you know, with <laughs> you put in whatever you feel like putting in. Yeah, that's 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 definitely right. I mean, that's one of those things that uh, you know, especially for kids putting them together at Christmas, they always have a chance to uh, have different elements in, included in them. You know, so you have that traditional aspect, but you also have that chance to customize them as well. Now, do you eat the um, the fruits or the the sweets or anything, or do you just leave them as part of the decoration and toss the whole thing out after Christmas? I think it depends on on the individual. Some people, you know, keep them solely as a a Christmas decoration. They'll keep them for a couple of weeks and then get rid of them. Um, some people will keep them until Christmas time and then possibly eat the orange and the sweets then. So it depends. Oh. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's almost like our Halloween pumpkins. We carve them, but we don't use them afterward because uh, they kind of get a little soft. So mm. <laughs> now, where you, is this a, still a huge thing in Scotland and has it spread to other countries, do you know? It seems to be predominantly a European tradition and specifically a, a German tradition. Um, but uh, over the years, it's become more widely used. Um, you tend to find um, in Scotland, they've been adopted really since about the late 1960s uh, by the Church of Scotland, which is you know, Scotland's own established church. Um, mm. And they're becoming more common now amongst different denominations, you know, as being a kind of ecumenical Christmas decoration, largely right. because of their, their symbolism. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I would say predominantly you, you tend to find there's some variation uh, between churches. Some I've noticed in recent years have been using cloves rather than sweets, um, which obviously you know, gives it a slightly different scent. And, um, you know, that's been quite a popular uh, trend. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the smell of oranges and cloves is always, you know, something that just warms the cockles of my heart. I mean... And that would be now that would be a lovely thing to start in the US. So now, and again, you, you broke it down into the various parts, but, but could you do that again for our American listeners? So you basically start with an orange and, mm -hmm. and then what? Right, you, you will have a candle or a glow stick, which is pushed into the center top of the, of the orange. Um, so that it basically is right at the apex of it. You will have a decorated red ribbon, which goes around the, the equator of the orange, if you like. And you would have something like maybe like a, a cocktail stick with various different sweets or other decorations, um, which are around the, sort of the upper quadrants of the orange as well. Now, how many of those do you put in? Uh, traditionally, there would be four, um, one for each quarter, if you like, at the top. Um, but so kind of like designating the compass points of the world. Yes, ab absolutely. But that, that's not always the case. Sometimes people have more than that. They could have maybe eight, you know, depending on if they want them to be in every, um, every aspect of the orange. So, you know, that, that can happen too. 
Well, there you have it. You know, for all of us Americans out here, uh, something new to try for a tradition. And, you know, as Tom had mentioned, these have been around since the 18th century. So, I mean, it's something that just has never really caught on big in the U.S. We celebrate sending fruit from Florida to to the states when I was younger, boy, that, that used to be the big thing is to get a grapefruit or an orange or uh, other fruits from, from Florida. But now here's a whole new way to use them. And since, you know, now you can pick up an orange from almost any grocery store, as well as uh, it sounds like some pretty easy uh, materials to put this together and kind of fun. And then when your friends come over, you can explain to them exactly what a Chris Tingle is. <laughs> and I mean, I suppose the other benefit of it is, I mean, it is used quite widely now to raise money for, uh, you know, all sorts of causes. The Children's Society raised just north of 1.2 million uh, a few years ago. Wow. Um, which was you know, all used to, to help vulnerable young people across the country. Uh, so, you know, it, it, there is a... A, a worthy sort of charitable side to it as well. It's, uh, you know, it just sounds like there are a lot of wonderful things you can do with this. And yeah, I hadn't thought about the charitable aspect, but uh, I'd much rather see schools do something like this than, than do gift wrap or something on that order. So, uh, and we certainly have enough people that need a little charity nowadays, don't we, Tom? Well, the, the beauty of it is, I mean, as years have passed, they're the kind of thing that are now constructed by people who have a religious faith, people who don't have a religious faith, you know, whereby it's not the symbolism that matters to them, but the fact that, you know, it's something that's being made for a good cause. So, you know, in that sense, there's a, a very inclusive aspect to them. So it, it kind of, you know, makes it more of a secular gift or thing to do at the holidays versus yeah. a purely religious one. Yeah, that's right. I think it's, it's broadening its appeal now uh, in ways that perhaps wasn't the case maybe even 10, 20 years ago. Although I got to say, I like the idea of showing the light of Christ coming because that is what Christmas is all about. And even, you know, I constantly remind my people and, and the fans that it's still about Christ. It's not about just, you know, Santa Claus and gifts and, you know, dinners and that kind of thing. So I kind of like the symbolism on this because it is a little bit more traditional and a little more, you know, uh, old fashioned, if you will. So I kind of love this, but I'll tell you, whether you want to do it uh, for charity or you want to just decorate your home with something new, so you can talk to your friends about it. I think it's a great idea. So now has, has this, is this still going on through other parts of Europe? Do you know? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, it's very popular in um, places like Austria and, and Germany where the tradition started. Um, but the beauty of it is of course, it's such a simple but powerful act of symbolism that it's, it's transferred across to places like Scandinavia and, you know, Italy and various other places as well. So in that sense, I think it's probably still continuing to spread now. Well, and it's certainly a whole lot less expensive than some of the other uh, traditions we have at Christmas nowadays. 
<laughs> but of course, as you as you rightly say, so many traditions um, may have possibly lost their symbolism over the the years, but um, so many of them all hark back to the original Christmas story because initially it was Christ's Mass. So, you know, so many of these things like holly and ivy, and I know we're going to talk about gingerbread in a, a later podcast. All of these things all point back to the original Christmas story. And, you know, and that is the whole point of traditionally speaking, is we're trying to show people uh, in all countries, but certainly in Scotland and the U.S., that there are a lot of wonderful traditions out there that shouldn't be forgotten and shouldn't be stopped. And I'll tell you, with kids nowadays, they're, they're so into the gadgets and the uh, electronics and that kind of, it doesn't hurt to stop and kind of go backwards a little bit and do something more simplistic like this and talk about the symbolism behind it. And I suppose that's the, the beauty of Christmas traditions because some like the Christingle have been around for hundreds of years, but it may just be something new that you want to add to your own Christmas celebrations. Absolutely. <laughs> well, then I'll tell you, this is, this is why we're doing this. Again, I had never even heard about it. And it wasn't until I did some research for our podcast here. And, you know, again, I'm going to invite our listeners to tell us other traditions that they may do that we haven't touched on yet, although we may. Uh, we've got an awful lot of topics ahead of us, but we'd love to hear what you do at your home or what had, was started through your um, ancestors and such that you still keep going. So, I mean, that is the fun of Christmas is to enjoy the holiday. And we hope you're going to enjoy listening to these podcasts to give you more ideas and more ways to do that. Yes, I think, uh, as you say, it's one of those things, isn't it? There's always something new to discover, um, even if it's a very ancient tradition. Um, you know, there's always something new about Christmas that perhaps we hadn't known about or, uh, or just learning about now. So who knows? There's always a new tradition to be found. And the wonderful thing about Chris Jingles, too, is there's no dangerous, <laughs> you don't need knives or, or, or electricity or anything else that could harm kids. So kids can absolutely work on these. And you had mentioned the charity side of this, and, and that would be a great thing for kids to do is mm -hmm. to create these and then, you know, do it for a charity that they want to support. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's all different sort of applications and, you know, places you can check out on the internet that have Chris Tingles in a fundraising uh, role. But, uh, you know, as you say, something that's very safe to make. A lot of people have replaced the candle now with a glow stick or you know, some other kind of uh, slightly safer alternative. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get a lot of fun out of them. It sounds fascinating. I hope to see more of them in the U.S. and I may start a few of my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's fascinating. And do you have any closing remarks on this, Tom? Well, just to say that, um, you know, I hope people have found it interesting. It's one of those things that, you know, has kind of moved beyond being solely a religious symbol to something that anyone can enjoy, no matter what the religious beliefs might be. Um, and, you know, ultimately, isn't that what Christmas is all about, bringing people together? Well, I want to thank you for enlightening us about this and 
explaining how this came about and what it is. And I'll tell you, we're going to have a lot of interesting subjects like this. So stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> I know the next one that Tom and I are going to work on is something that's near and dear to my heart. So, uh, so make sure you keep tuning in because we're going to have different subjects with every podcast. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. I hope you found it of interest and also that you'll come and join us again soon. Thanks to everyone for joining us. And again, as, you know, as we said before, give us your thoughts, your comments, and your traditions. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, this is Santa Joe signing out. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Looking forward to speaking to you again soon.